In this episode, I'm flying without Becca. Instead, I've brought on my dear friend, Erica. In response to the COVID situation and some other factors, Erica has been grappling with leaving the massage industry. I mentioned her on episode 13 with Joyce Gothier, and I thought it would be fun to explore some of the factors that are weighing into her thought process for potentially leaving the industry. What we end up uncovering turns out to be so much more. From burnout to diversifying your income, this episode is one part cautionary tale, one part creative inspiration. Please, listen on. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Our sponsor for this episode is me, Allie of the Massage Business Mama. During all of this COVID craziness, I have had to learn how to pivot my massage practice to stay relevant and swim, not sink. In making these tough decisions, I created a workbook to help myself make conscious and informed choices as to how to move forward. The workbook Massage Practice Reimagined, Redefining Your Massage Business After the COVID Crisis, is a 36-page interactive guide to help you move forward in a post-COVID landscape. It retails for $12, but for Align with the Massage Business Mama listeners, you can get it for $4.99. Go to www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com to shop this workbook. At checkout, use coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, to get your discount. And please, let me know how the workbook helps you work through this crisis. Good morning, Erica. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Allie. So Erica and I have known each other for what, 10 years? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. So um, Erica and I are both massage therapists in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and have both encouraged and watched each other build up our businesses over the years. And it's been really fun to witness that and to collaborate and all the good stuff that happens when you have friends as competitors. Competitors, but... But honestly, I think we're, I don't really think of us as competition. I think of us as a, as a great support network yeah. and more, you know, like we, we refer clients back and forth to each other all the time. I know that when you had your multi-therapist practice, I sent so many people your way because they would call and try and get in with me at the last minute. And I'm like, I don't have availability, but I have an excellent therapist friend who hires other excellent therapists and you should call her and see if they'll get you in and you know they'll take care of you yeah yeah and it's really cool I think I think that Erica brings up a really good point about 
not viewing each other as competitors because really when we when we look at each other as support networks, we can do so much more. Absolutely. So today, Erica, I wanted to have you on the show a little bit in response to an episode that I recently put out with Joyce Gothier of the Respect Massage Movement. So this is episode 13 for any curious listeners out there. And Ooh, lucky 13. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought you up in this episode, actually, and... So that was part of the reason that I thought it would be kind of fun to have you on. So basically what I shared with our listeners was that, one, you were kind of grappling with the idea of leaving the massage industry, and that mm-hmm. one of the things, not not the reason that you were leaving the massage industry, but that one of the things that you found troublesome was kind of having to suppress some of that sexual energy that is within you. Yep. Um, And so Joyce had a few questions regarding this, so I kind of gave her my best answer. But instead of putting words into your mouth, I thought it would actually be good to hear from you. So before we dive too much into that, I kind of want to first talk about your possibility of leaving the massage industry and and what's going on with that. Yeah, so um, I've been a massage therapist for, oh, 15 years now. And I've had my own practice for 10 and uh, it's been hard. It's been really rough. And I just, you know, Ali, you've seen kind of the the stuff that I've gone through. I've had issues with office space and there's been a lot, just a lot of struggles. I mean, I started during, during the recession and was, you know, I, I, I was, I was working in a ski town. I was working in a town where I like, I really didn't know anybody. I didn't have much of a social network. I was working in the spas and I would, you know, go to work and work and come home. And that was about it. So when I started to go, when I started to go out on my own, it was just like this really uphill struggle and we were broke. We were so broke. We we ran out of propane for six and a half weeks in the middle of winter. Oh my gosh, broke. that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's like, oh, it's 50 degrees below zero and we have no propane and now all of the pipes are frozen and this blows. So that kind of really lit a fire underneath me for needing to hustle and always it's just like this panic of, of not wanting to go back to that place again. So, you know, it was hustle and build and scrape and hurry. And just like, there was always this, this sense of immense pressure of needing to do more. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, you know, and, and physically I was, you know, I've been having some signs of burnout for apparently years. I didn't realize it was burnout. I didn't realize it was just exhaustion. I thought that there was something wrong with my diet and that I wasn't getting enough animal protein, you know, cause like, you know, I'd come home just like completely white and wiped out and unable to hold a conversation with Greg and just completely flatlining. And when the pandemic hit, um, I'd had a really traumatic six months prior. I had lost a, a beloved family member, my uncle who I was very close to. I lost him to suicide in late August. 
And then in late November, um, Greg almost died slash was nearly paralyzed uh, in a body surfing accident on our last day of vacation. So by the time, you know, January hit, I was just a mess. And when the pandemic hit, it was actually a really nice relief to be able to take some time off. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're alone there, Erica. I think that as challenging as it was, I think a lot of us were in that hustle grind mode and, you know, needed it kind of to hit reset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, like I'd, I'd been pouring, you know, that the whole thing about like you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where I've been managing to find you know extra tea <laughs> Reserves or water. From. Or what, <laughs> you know, but I I just been doing this for so long, and I'm I'm high risk. I've got I've got a, a history of severe Crohn's disease, and I I was like, nope, I'm I'm shutting down, and I could probably you know like I I'm, I'm comfortable with the safety precautions that I could take, but I'm just not mentally ready to go back and take care of people. I really need to take some time off and take care of me and focus on my relationship with Greg. Um, He's got his own business. So both of us have spent the last 10 years, you know, hustling and scrambling and we're tired of it. Yeah. So Erica, was that, was that kind of hard to communicate with your clients where you're at and Honestly, I've I've been I've been really lucky. I did put out a newsletter and just saying like, hey guys, I'm I, I'm feeling you know like I, I I don't have the space for it. And one of my best friends and one of my longest time you know longest term clients was like, yeah, you've been burnt out for the last couple of years, and I could feel it in your work, and I didn't know how to tell you. Oh, you that's know? hard to hear. And I was like, actually, it was it was. Um, it was really good to hear and it was really confirming yeah. because I knew that I wasn't in the headspace. I knew that I wasn't in the right place for the last couple of years. And it was sort of like, oh, they're still coming back to see me. So <laughs> I guess I must not be too terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was just, I was just drained and exhausted and didn't have any reserves. And my work was very technically proficient. Yeah. But the heart and the soul have have gone, you know, burned out a, a, a while ago. And Erica, what what do you think that maybe you could have done differently that would have prevented some of this exhaustion? <sighs> That's a really good question, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, part of me says, well, you know, I, I maybe not, have, you know, just the usual thing of like, oh, don't work so hard. Oh, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's not a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't really do that. Um, you know, like bills got to be paid. Shit's got to get done. And, you know, and that was kind of, and I started bringing on other therapists to, to work with me, you know, and then it, part of it also, part of it being, I'm sure a ski town and attracting a lot of seasonal people, um, part of it being that notor you know, massage therapists are notoriously flaky. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just, and I just kind of kept having to go through things and train people and get people up to speed and changing this and doing that. And I think probably the one thing that would have helped was realizing that 
I had it made further than I thought I did. And I, w- I think that part of it was that I got sucked into a lot of FOMO. Yeah. You know, just this thing of like, of like, oh, well, you have to advertise this. Oh, well, you need to try doing that. No, 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 no. And I'm like, and I'm, so I'm, and one of the things that, you know, early on that stuck with me was sort of like, you always need to be marketing. You always need to be bringing people in, you know, when you are, when you are busiest, that's when you need to be advertising the most, you know, like, like that, that, that advice. Yeah. I I mean, I've seen that advice put out there so much and I kind of laugh because it's like, no, you know, I don't need my phone to be ringing off the hook so that I like can't even have no desire to answer my phone at all because I don't even have the time to return messages. Mm -hmm. So Another thing that I kind of hear with what you're saying is maybe part of your exhaustion was trying to scale your business and that if you had stayed like a one woman show that that maybe maybe some of that exhaustion maybe would have been mitigated a little bit. Very possibly. Yeah. And and then the scaling was part of the FOMO and part of that that, you know, that that recession born. Oh, fuck, I've got it just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. You know, just, it, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah, yeah. Yes. At some point, at some point, all my hard effort will pay off. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, I mean, and, and it's a, it's a reality that as a massage therapist, you only have so many hours in a week that you can give without killing yourself. Yeah. One of the things that you had started exploring before the shutdown was kind of diversifying a little bit with some yoga training along with massage, which Mm -hmm. to me sounds like a great way to potentially increase your, your revenue with, without increasing your hours. Was that kind of what you were going for with that model or? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been practicing yoga for over 10 years and really love it and really enjoyed it. And I wanted to, um, like originally kind of the idea behind getting my yoga certification was so that I would be, if I decided to move states, that I would be allowed to help, you know, basically prescribe stretches and movement exercises for clients with it while it's still being within my scope of practice. Mm -hmm. The other thing was, you know, wanting to uh, develop a more location neutral business you know, as a massage therapist, you're, you're, you are where your clients are. Yeah. So wanting to try and expand beyond that, trying, wanting to do something a little bit different, wanting to do something that wasn't so hard on my body, you know, again, looking for kind of a long-term diversification. As you were kind of creating this, were you hoping to bring it online? Because as you talk about having a little bit more location-neutral business that leads me to believe that maybe you were thinking about pivoting into an online space yes okay yes that that was that was definitely an intent as far as the location neutral goes was to be able to move into an online sphere Mm -hmm. and I think that that brings up another great point that I, I wanted to discuss was with you is that a lot of therapists I'm hearing questions about how to diversify their income and I think that you've started to get kind of creative on some some ways to diversify and so I was hoping that maybe we could chat a little bit more about that as well yes absolutely it's kind of interesting because even doing all like as fascinating as I find the body and as you know incredible as it is and as passionate as I am about it 
it is it is very left-brained. It is very, very analytical. And I, re I realized a couple of months ago that I have been stuck in this analytical mode for the last 15 years and that there has been very little creativity in my life and that a lot of it, I wound up sublimating that creativity into marketing. Yeah. And when I went out on my own, the idea of marketing and trying to sell myself was terrifying. Initially, you're saying? Initially, yeah. yes. Uh -huh. And then and then after after winning Best of the Boat the first year, like that really gave me the confidence because I remember going out and telling people that I was a massage therapist and I and for some reason, I don't know why, I get I got so many people who were like, Well, are you any good? <laughs> Well, and just for our listeners, first, I want to let them know Best of the Boat is a, a local competition where they rate all of the different businesses in town, and Erica has placed in that competition several times. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to have people say, are you any good? Well, of course, I'm going to say I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, so I went, so I was, you know, I was sublimating all of my creative stuff into marketing, which was probably another reason why I kept doing so much of it was because it was feeding you it was feeding that creative feeding, side yeah. of you yeah I understand that 100 yeah. percent yeah it's like oh oh I'm gonna make up cute little signs for for my massage room and oh I'm gonna make up you know cute little things for that and oh and I can do this and oh and, and you know kind of just you know squirreled off yeah and then when the pandemic hit didn't have to do any marketing and I started doing some creative artwork to basically deal with my feelings with the pandemic. Prior to massage, I, I've been a, a very creative person my entire life. I, you know, I used to write stories as a kid. I was involved, heavily involved in the, in the Burning Man community down in Denver for several years. I was involved in the, in the local Renaissance Fair back home for years and years and years. And so I, a friend of mine on Facebook mentions like just this casual comment said something about, is it time to start addressing, you know, is it time to start dressing for apocalypse Friday? You know, because casual Fridays are way too, you know, like they're, they're kind of out the window now. There's no point, you know, everybody's wearing pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> even as massage therapists, we often wear pajamas anyways, even before all of this so <laughs> uh, yes I, it's, it's one step worse now <laughs> well I, I i a couple of years ago I, I i went from jeans into leggings and then i decided that leggings were too tight and too uncomfortable so i literally have been wearing pajama pants as work pants for about the last three years <laughs> it's great they have pockets I, I have pockets pockets are what make it see like like my leggings don't have pockets no that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> love it so, um, so I started doing a weekly, basically like a weekly dress up uh -huh. and you know, this like weekly dress up shoot and I dragged my boyfriend into it actually pretty easily. He was, he was very willing. He's a very good sport. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's, it's great. Yeah. As long as I don't take forever, he's like, yes, I'm totally it. <laughs> but he's like, it's going to take you four hours to do costume and makeup and hair. Not, not so much yeah <laughs> not so much not so much so yeah I've been I've been doing that weekly and I have been getting a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction out of it and so this is gonna bring an in income or is this just a fun creative outlet 
So for a while, it was, you know, fun, creative outlet, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to think more solidly about seeing if I can, you know, bring, bring in a little bit of money as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to, if I'll be able to keep doing it weekly. There is an immense amount of time and effort that goes into this. I mean, each, each shoot, yeah, hair, hair, makeup, costume, et cetera, is usually three to four hours. The shoot itself usually takes probably another hour because it's, it's just us. And it, and most of the time it's basically like my, my phone set up on a tripod mm-hmm. and like me running over and hitting the timer and running back. And, you know, it, it, when it's, when it's like a 10 second delay, you know, you only can get a couple of pictures per minute. Yeah. So it adds up and then there's going through and editing and yeah. blah, 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 blah. What's been your favorite shoot that you've done so far? Oh, that's a really hard question. I've done, I've done 30 so far. 30 shoots. 30 shoots. Wow. I have done, I have done a shoot every single week um, for 30 weeks. And there's been a couple of times where I've been able to kind of double up on the shoots. Uh-huh. There was one that Greg and I did where we actually managed to get four shoots out of a single day. Okay. And that's been nice because I've kind of been able to sort of have them in my back pocket and pull them out yeah. when it's like, Oh, um, <laughs> things are really busy. Yeah. I don't have time. You know, I don't have 15 hours to play around with costumes and makeup this week. Yeah. Oh gosh. Let's see. Um, one of the early ones that we did a greaser and his girl, uh-huh. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just did one on Hestia, the Greek goddess of the hearth. Okay. And a lot of people have responded really well to that. Pele, um, the, the fire goddess one, the Hawaiian vol- you know, goddess of the volcano, that one was really popular. Uh-huh. Lizard Queen, was that one was a lot of fun, and I got to use up a bunch of... It, it, the other thing, too, is that it's been great going, you know, being able to use up all of this costume stuff that I've accumulated for years and years and years, going, I'm going to use this someday! <laughs> it's way too small, and it doesn't fit, and it's held on with binder clips. Uh, and, that's funny. <laughs> you know, duct tape, and, you know, I've kind of hand-tacked, hand hand-stitched this on. I just, I've had so many, and they're all so very, very different. And that's been a lot of fun too, is not restricting myself to a single, to a single genre. Yeah. I've also done a couple of shoots with other people. One of the ones that I did recently was with Jetty for, you know, for my listeners. That's one of my, one of my best friends. And we did a, um, we did a Shibari shoot, which is um, Japanese rope bondage. Okay. And oh my goodness, she looked amazing. And it was great. I feel like this is a good spot to bring in my initial question about how you feel like your sexual energy has been suppressed as you've been a massage therapist. This is kind of branching out and being able to explore that. Do you feel like if you were still practicing massage that you would have that capacity or I don't think so yeah I'd like and you and I you and I kind of talked about this this separately but like massage has been a real drag on my sex life yeah like killed it killed it dead Uh (laughs) like (laughs) pining for the fjords it is gone (laughs) part of it just getting touched out yeah and I know as a mom uh, you know 
Yeah, you have a kid, you know what that is like. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little different, but certainly during the breastfeeding years, it was, <laughs> it was, you know, you're you're just ready to kind of be an autonomous and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for me, it was just, it was just like I don't, I don't want to touch anybody. I don't want to be touched. Like I'm doing this for my work all the time. And I guess Erica, a bigger kind of part that I was curious about was just this, um, not even the act of sex, but like the sexual energy that sometimes we bring to different projects and creative outlets and how you feel like massage affected that in your world. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's the other thing too, is that, is that in massage, there's, there's such a stigma about anything sexually related to massage which I get, you know, we, there's, there's been a long history of, of massage being conflated with prostitution, yada, yada, yada. And that massage, the massage industry has worked really, really hard to distance itself from that. But as part of that, there's no sense of sexuality in your therapist ever. Yeah. It, to me, it, it, and, it, and it just sort of like carried over into that of, you know, you go to work in your polo and, you know, your polo and your khakis and, you know, and you go and you do your work and you're very professional and you come home and, but yeah, there's, there's that, there's a nullification of the therapist as a sexual being. Yeah. And that was problematic for you. It was, it sort of saturated the rest of my life. Okay. And, you know, you, as, you know, as you age, as your body changes, you know, I've put on weight. I'm definitely not the little 30 something that I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing too, was that when I, like when I was involved in the, in the Burning Man community, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of sexual expression for me there. Uh-huh. I would spin fire topless. I was notorious for that. I think that's one of the first times that I met you, you were spinning fire topless. I'm- <laughs> I'm fairly certain of it. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, so there was, there was that. And, and, you know, like I grew up in, in a clothing optional household and it was, it was very relaxed, but coming into massage, like that really had to be ratcheted down. Yeah. And I remember seeing, I think it was in some of like the, the code of conduct stuff from ABMP or AMTA or one of the other, you know, some sort of organization talking about the therapist will not be involved in anything sexual, even in their off hours. Yeah. Like even in their personal life. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that, and I found that really distressing and really hard. The other part was also that I, that when I became a massage therapist was right at the junction when I moved from Denver to Steamboat. So I went from this very large metropolis area, mm-hmm. you know, this very diverse place and moved to a small town. I mean, we've got like, what, 13,000 people here? Now we do. Planet. Back when you moved here, it wasn't that big. <laughs> no, well, no, it wasn't. It was, but it wasn't, it wasn't that far off. No, no. So yeah, I moved to this, I moved to this small town with this conservative ranching history. Well, and one of the things that I explored a little bit with Joyce on episode 13 was one of the things that I found is sometimes I like to just get out of town and like go dance. Oh God. Yeah. Put it out there. Like I am female and I am feminine and I am sexy and. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for me to feel that and to show that. And it's kind of hard to, to be professional and talk with your clients in your khakis and polo 
when they've just seen your nipples right like you know two nights before (laughs) you know and that's and in a small town and doing massage like that's a really hard thing to uh to resolve yeah you know everybody knows everybody's business you know if you if you go out get trashed at the bar one night like people are gonna know yeah the word's gonna make its rounds so yeah having to really modify my behavior as a massage therapist and living in a small town both of those just it's hard. <laughs> it wore on you. It wore it wore it wore you down a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And when and I think that, and I think that was also a big part of losing touch with my sexuality is not is when you can't practice it and when you can't express it, it becomes muffled and it becomes dampened. Mm-hmm. And then with some of the costuming stuff I'm doing playing dress up and being able to you know put myself in these in these like really sultry poses and it's it's kind of um it's very freeing it's very liberating um i'm not gonna lie i really enjoy the feedback that i get from it Mm -hmm. um i have discovered that apparently i am a person who really thrives on praise and don't we all (laughs) yeah yeah You know, so, and, and it was, it was really nice to, to be able to, to, to be seen as a woman and as a sexual being again. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it kind of sounds like it's been a little bit of a rebirth for you. Yeah, it's, it's been nice. And, and also coming to terms with the fact of, of, like I said, you know, yes, I've gotten older and wiser and wider and grayer and droopier and flabbier <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and it's been it's been nice to to be able to accept my body and you know instead of thinking about like oh my god i have gotten so fat and thank god i don't have actual waistband on any pants that i own <laughs> and, but instead of of going of criticizing myself uh-huh. and thinking oh god i'm fat i'm out of shape nah. yeah um i'm able to I'm able to redefine it as being voluptuous yeah. and seeing myself in the pictures and creating kind of creating that reality of like, of no, I, you know, and, and on one hand, yes, I am an overweight middle-aged broad with, you know, flabby upper arms and a softening chin. On the other hand, I'm also like this powerful, strong, sexy goddess. And both of those things are true. Yeah. Yeah. And one isn't better or worse than the other. Right. And it's been, it's been a nice space to be able to move into and to, and not only that, to be, to be able to inspire other, other people, especially other women into looking at their bodies and playing with costuming and playing with dress up. And I mean, it even goes back to like, you know, shamanism and transformation and blah, 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 blah. And so it's been nice to, to see other people doing that too. Yeah. That's cool. And so uh, is this, this group, Apocalypse Fashion Friday, that's a hard one to say. Yeah. Apocalypse Fashion Friday. Is this something that listeners could join? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, like I said, I am looking into making it kind of into kind of a side hustle. So I'm looking to, I'm going to be monetizing it through Patreon is the plan. But for right now, the group is, the group is wide open and um, I'm, I adore having more people come in and play and dress up and participate. And so it's a Facebook group. It's a Facebook group. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
Can you talk a little bit about Patreon? Uh, Patreon, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I have a bunch of friends. I have a bunch of artists who are on Patreon. And it's kind of a subscription model where so, where you where you support an artist or a creator, a producer with usually it's a it's a pretty small monetary donation per month. Most Patreon accounts go for volume of subscribers, I think, rather than looking than than trying to get a lot of money out of it at any one time. Okay. But it's a it's a monthly thing. People sign up. There's different levels. You get different rewards depending on, you know, how much you pay. I'm still kind of figuring out what I want that to look like, but I would, I'm trying to, my goal is to, is to have that up and going by January 1st. Cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You have another side hustle that you're working on. Yes. So my best beloved, Greg, is a caterer and he has been in the food service industry for over 20 years. And he also has a bunch of really ridiculous dietary restrictions. He developed an intolerance to um, to dairy, eggs, and peanuts when he was 18. And a couple of years ago, we discovered that he was also celiac. And he's, you know, and like as he's gotten older, his restrictions have gotten to be a little bit more difficult. So soy is problematic for him, um, avocado, anything with too much fat, and even even stuff where things like when you look at all of the ingredients, things should work when you put them into him, they don't. Mm -hmm. So with the, with the goal of us wanting to spend more time together, you know, that was, that was kind of a big reprioritization after his accident last year. We kind of both want to go, okay, so we both want something more location neutral. We want something season neutral you know, we've both been working seasonal jobs. I mean, Steamboat's a seasonal place, so the last 15 years plus, and we're kind of tired of it. Mm -hmm. So we're starting a, uh, a consulting business for people with multiple dietary restrictions. There's a lot of support out there for people who are celiac or yeah. people who are non-dairy. But when you start adding two or three or more restrictions, things get really complicated. And... Between some of my dietary restrictions and Greg's dietary restrictions, we've actually gotten really good at sort of figuring stuff out on the fly and how to make substitutions and what to change and and how to play around with things. And I think that we could be a very valuable resource for either people who have been recently diagnosed or parents who have children who have multiple sensitivities and they're like, I have no idea how to cook these things. What am I going to do? How am I going to, to take care of my child? Speaking as a person who has multiple food intolerances and having tried much of your and Greg's food, I can attest to the value you provide for people like, yeah. like myself. I have a gluten intolerance and a dairy intolerance. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's great. So what is that kind of going to look like, do you think, or do you know? We're still kind of trying to figure that out. Greg, like we don't, neither one of us cook with recipes. Mm -hmm. um, we don't cook with amounts. And the way I, the way I describe our cooking is MacGyver style, which is pretty much. <laughs> I love MacGyver. Like, 
you know, so it's, it's, it's MacGyver style. Like, you know, you go through the cupboard and you have like a can of tuna fish, a can of olives and a banana. And how are you going to make a dinner out of that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Bananas and it tuna. Does sound yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it, we're, we're good at just sort of looking at what we have in the fridge and coming up with, coming up with food, you know, coming up with the meals that are, that are good. You know, most of the time, tuna fish and bananas, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So that's the problem child. Do you get, you guys yep. have a site up for that? Yes, I, we have, we have a website. Um, it is problemchildcooking.com. We've got an email nom nom at problemchildcooking.com. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're, and it's the other thing too, is that with problem child, we're really looking to, to make it fun. Yeah. Um, you know, again, with, for people with dietary, it's not fun. It's not, <laughs> it's fun. not fun. And, so anything that you can do to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And all you hear is no. Yeah. You know, no, you can't have this. No, you can't have that. You need to limit this. You need to restrict this. It's all about denying yourself. Yeah. And instead we want to encourage just like have have fun with it it's like okay fine you you can't have bread and you can't have milk but there's still a ton of stuff out there that you can eat and yeah. here's how to do it and here's how to have fun and here's how to play with it and you know here's here's some you know fun and creative things that you can do i'm so in love with it <laughs> <laughs> we're looking forward to it we're really yeah. looking forward to it it's just uh, part of it is kind of like like I said, figuring out how to, how to structure it. Um, But I think probably, you know, Greg has talked about updating or, or, you know, sort of changing recipes. Like if you come with, you've got a, you've got a great family recipe that you're, you're in love with, but now you can't eat two or three of the things in that, in that recipe, but you really want to be able to eat it okay, well, we'll sit down with you and figure out how to make those substitutions and play around with it and see, you know, yeah, it's not going to be the same as grandma's, but will it get you close enough to give you that, that emotional satisfaction and that, and that feeling of connection with, you know, with your, with your grandmother or your past or whatever nostalgia that meal brings to you. Yeah, that's so cool. So Erica, do you think you'll ever go back to massage? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's been eight months. I still haven't worked on Greg. Like the only beings getting massage from me right now are the dog and the cat. <laughs> lucky, lucky beings. <laughs> you know, and Greg's just like, and me? And where am I? I'm, I'll get to you, honey. I'm, I'm getting there. Someday. Eight more months. So I, a part of me would, would love to go back on a very limited basis. You know, working working with the clients that that bring me the most joy, mm-hmm. uh, but going back to it full time, going going back to the way things were, no, yeah, no. You know, you and I have talked about this a little bit that that relief in downsizing and not having to be responsible for anyone else's anyone else's decisions or actions, or even just making sure that that they've got work coming in. Yeah. And not having to deal with that hustle. And I'm ready to just, you know, give the big middle finger to marketing as far, you know, as far as massage goes yeah. and just be like, no, I, I didn't realize that I don't need to continue to market myself and I don't need to continually depend on massage as my only stream of income. Yeah. And 
being able to make more room for creativity in my life. And that's really important to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the the biggest silver lining is just, you know, even if you do go back to massage, that, that you'll be able to create a little bit more space for these things that feed your soul a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Mm, you're sexier than you think you are. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been absolutely it's been really fun chatting. And um, thanks so much for having me. I keep getting asked questions about how to diversify your income as a massage therapist. I hope this episode has inspired you for some creative ways to broaden your income. While also learning from some of the mistakes Erica experienced in her massage career, burnout is real. Instead of always chasing after the bigger, brighter, shinier version of your massage business, enjoy and appreciate the exact stage you are currently in. Happy massaging. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.